Hey there, welcome podcast listeners to the Buying a Home in Austin podcast. I I don't even know if I said this in the last episode, but the name of this podcast has actually changed. Before it was How to Buy a Home in Texas. Now it's How to Buy a Home in Austin. That just really fit the the mission of this podcast uh, better than Texas. I am in Austin. I can't personally help anyone uh, really much outside the the Austin and and uh, surrounding areas, so just just tried to decided to uh, just kind of laser focus in on that Austin area. So anyway, I wanted to spend this time uh, answering some questions, some things that maybe you have been thinking about during this quarantine time, during the time of COVID nineteen. Specifically, I want to talk about the question: What does COVID nineteen and the quarantine mean? For home buyers in Austin, Texas. If you're a potential home buyer out there, you've been thinking about it, but this whole quarantine came around, the virus came about, you're wondering what in the world does this mean for the Austin real estate market? Let's talk about just a few, a few uh, different aspects here. First of all, interest rates right now are amazing. They're phenomenal. They've they've gone really low most of the time. Most of them are below four percent. It is a great time. And by the way, if you happen to already own a home right now, now is a great time to look into refinancing that home. And if you need a reference for a lender, uh, hit me up. Go to my Facebook page or my email address, Shane at CentralMetro.com. And uh, I have no dog in that fight. I don't get anything for referring people other than the satisfaction of knowing they're saving money. So uh, great interest rates right now. So let's put that in the plus column, in the pro column for buying right now, okay? Um, Some things to be aware of. Uh, So we get our real estate statistics uh, generally around the middle of the month for the previous month if that makes sense. So basically around the middle of April, I will get the uh, stats for March. Obviously it takes a while to for the month to end for people to accumulate those stats and for the board of realtors to uh, get them out to everybody. So um, all that to say, we don't know exactly what's going on, but I will say I've been following daily the stats that come out and it looks to me like... Uh, one, there are less new listings. That makes sense. If someone's out there wanting to sell their home, but they can wait, they probably are waiting right now. Uh, we can't um, show houses as easily as we could. Technically, we can show houses in Texas. Uh, the governor's guidelines allow for that. That being said, uh, not super smart especially the traditional way that we've done them. So all that to say, there are less houses on the market. All right, that that makes sense. Here's the other side of that. There are less people looking for houses right now. There are just less buyers out there. People have um, perhaps lost money in the stock market, perhaps lost their jobs. Uh, it's taking some people out of out of the hunt for a home. So there's less houses available, but there are also less competition out there as a buyer, okay? I'm going to go back to that that whole thing about people losing money in the stock market or their jobs or whatever. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Um, the other thing is 
there are most likely a few eager sellers out there right now. So what I mean is there are probably some people who are putting their house on the market that really are motivated to get rid of that home. Perhaps they are an investor who is no longer able to collect rent from tenants. The tenants can't pay for whatever reason. And so that uh, landlord is usually taking that rent money and giving most of it, handing most of it over to a bank that they got their mortgage from. They can no longer do that. Now, the government has said that government-backed loans can get a reprieve. So basically, you have a government-backed loan right now. You can call your uh, lender and say, hey, I, I can't pay right now. And from what I understand, they are uh, being lenient on that. They're taking partial payments or they're postponing mortgage payments even up to a year from what I'm hearing, a whole year. So that's helping the market not totally tank right now. Because if you're a, uh, for one, if you're just a homeowner, you're living in your home, you lost your job, you can hang on to your house right now. You don't have to go into foreclosure because you have a way to postpone making payments. So that's great for those people. That's really good. And then also if you're a landlord, you're doing what I'm saying, you're taking that money, paying it over to uh, a lender and your renter said, hey, I lost my job. I'm sorry, I can't pay. You can in turn go to your lender and postpone those payments. So that's great. But there are some people out there who don't have government-backed loans. Maybe they got a private loan. Maybe they borrowed money from a family member, what have you. Those obviously are not, not uh, exempt because it's only government-backed loans that are exempt or that are getting a reprieve. So there will be a few people out there who really need to sell their home, that they are very motivated. So that's another one in the pro column for uh, staying in the market if you're a buyer right now, okay? Um, the next question that we might have is, will prices keep appreciating? Meaning, if you're saying, okay, maybe it looks like I should, uh, it would be a good time to buy, but I'm worried that in the Austin area and the suburbs and the city, wherever, even the surrounding rural areas, uh, what if the market's going to crash? I don't want to be sitting in a house. I don't want to close on a house next month, the month after that. That next year is going to be worth $100,000 less than what I paid for it, right? So that's totally reasonable. Um, here's what I will ask is, uh, and, and let me just say this up front, I do not know the future. We don't know the future. Right now, as I sit, technically, uh, the quarantine is supposed to end May 1st. I'm personally kind of doubtful that that's going to be the case or that that should be the case, that that would be a wise thing. Um, I was hearing today from some source that uh, in the medical field that he thought that the, the soonest we should end our quarantine or our social distancing would be June 1st. And so who knows? I, I don't know. But um, here's what I want to ask about the real estate market is what makes prices appreciate? What makes real estate prices stable and slowly or sometimes rapidly go up or appreciate? Well, it's simple economics. It's demand. It's demand. And so I think in Austin, for a long time, we've had a lot of people moving here every day 
for a long time, the stat was 49 people. I would imagine that has slowed dramatically since the quarantine, but there is a lot of pent up demand for real estate right now that, that is probably not going to ease up overnight. My guess would be that prices during the quarantine are going to be on pause. That, that the rapid appreciation that we've seen, it's just going to be on pause. I don't even think it's going to go down necessarily or not by a lot at least. I think it's going to be a pause. And then I think when it ends, we'll see them go back up again, continue the way they were essentially. So we still have the demand there to keep prices steady, to keep them appreciating, especially once this quarantine ends. Okay. So I'm going to answer a few listener questions. And by the way, if uh, if you want to ask questions, be sure you're following me on Facebook. My Facebook uh, page is facebook.com slash your ATX Realtor. ATX is in Austin, Texas. Facebook.com slash your ATX Realtor. So these are a few questions I've got from people. I'm going to answer these questions and then I'm going to wrap it all up and essentially uh, answer the question what does COVID-19 and the quarantine mean for home buyers in Austin? Or essentially, should I still be looking to buy during this time? I'm going to give my opinion at the end of this. Okay. But the first question is, uh, this listener says, I've been wondering what will happen to the housing supply and mortgage rates. If I were to guess, I would think that it would make this summer a good time to buy, but maybe everyone else will think that and it won't be. Okay. So um, yeah, housing supply, like we kind of already addressed that. There will be less available, uh, but I bet you there will also be less um, less uh, competition, less buyers as well, all right? Mortgage rates, we covered that. The mortgage rates are excellent right now. So that's a really good uh, good thing for buyers right now. Uh, so I think, I think that that will make it a good time to buy. And I think also, even if everybody else thinks it's a good time to buy, I think it will still be a, a good time to buy. And again, I'm going to wrap all this up by giving kind of my my uh, advice, my take on it in total at the end. Okay, so uh, next question is, we were planning to buy before this, but it's off the table now for a few different reasons. If you have any practical hacks for us early 30-somethings who finish college during a recession or for whom the finish line keeps getting moved, I'd listen to that. I'm also really interested in housing that models intergenerational care. I think a lot of us are going to have to explore different avenues to homeownership and having a stake in the community. Okay, so they're asking for practical hacks for, this person said, uh, people in their early 30s finish college during recession who feel like the finish line keeps getting moved. Um, Let me give some kind of uh, some advice that's on the side here. This is a really good reason to, even if you think you're not quite ready yet, to go ahead and contact a lender and and maybe a realtor and to just know, because I find out that a lot, I find that a lot of people are ready before they think they're ready. They think they have to have a bigger down payment than they do. Uh, They just, they don't know. And so even if you're not ready, Know where you are. Know how far you are from being ready. And a lender can tell you that. They can take down all your financial information and let you know. Generally, you need to have about a 3% down payment. Uh, And so to, to, you know, actually buy a home. Uh, Now, you also need to have a, uh, um, 
you know, a certain credit score, uh, you know, 620 or so is about what people say for a, a minimum before you start, it starts being painful to actually borrow money. But my, my point is, get in touch with the lender because I think there are some people who, um, who really, if last year they could have bought, they're really wishing they would have now, but they, they, it just wasn't on the radar and now that we're in the quarantine, it's making it a little bit harder. So that's what I say. Always know where you stand. Even if you're not ready, know how not ready you are. Get a plan together to, uh, to know when you can buy. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, there's nothing on the buyer side that should make uh, buying a house more expensive for you right now. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Like I said, maybe less houses will be on the market. I don't think that's going to drive prices up. There's just too much uncertainty for that to happen. So, uh, so keep that in mind. Now, th- this is uh, the second half of the question said, I'm really also interested in housing that models intergenerational care. I think a lot of us are going to have to explore different avenues to home ownership and having a stake in the community. Yeah, th- this is great. And I think it also plays into the first part of the question. Uh, I, I think I may have shared this on previous episodes, but my our first home, and actually our second home, were they were duplexes. I don't know why more people don't do this, but we bought this duplex, we moved into one side and rented out the other. So we basically, for a while we had a huge chunk of our mortgage paid for by our renters. And then in the second time, we were actually, our, the rent was actually more than our mortgage. We were actually putting a little bit in our pocket. So uh, that's entirely possible. Looking at that kind of a duplex or a threeplex or a fourplex even, those are really interesting things. Now they cost a little bit more, but you should be able to afford a more, more uh, larger mortgage if you're taking an income from the other side of your duplex or whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So other, other setups that are, that are in there in this listener's words, models for intergenerational care, uh, houses that have like mother-in-law plans. So that's essentially where there's, you've got you, the normal rooms in the house you would expect a master bedroom, other bedrooms, kitchen, bathrooms, yada, yada. And then there's another kind of suite kind of off on its own on some part of the house that also has a full bathroom inside. Sometimes they may even have like a kitchen in it, something like that, where it's, uh, that's the idea. That's why they call it a mother-in-law plan. The mother-in-law can live with you, have a little bit of autonomy, but you live in the same house. So there are houses that have that. You can search for that. And then, um, you know, beyond that, just if you bought a house with extra rooms, knowing that you're going to have, uh, you know, uh, older, uh, relatives live with you or even roommates. That's something to keep in mind, you know, going from a two bedroom house to a three bedroom house, uh, or a three bedroom to a four bedroom, those price differences aren't that great. And you would more than make your money back if you took in a roommate, if you're interested in that, or like I said, even if it's a family member, if it's not, you know, if you can find a way, we call this housing hacks, where you can um, 
get some kind of income through your house that you're living in. You're still owner occupying it, but you're able to do that. So those are the kind of things that I think of. Uh, duplexes, fourplexes, what we call multifamily homes, but then also a single family home with a mother-in-law plan or just extra bedrooms for those family members, those relatives, or roommates that you want to take in. So there's just some ways that that I would think about it if I were in in your shoes. So I hope that helps. Okay, I want to wrap all this up and answer the question. And here's how I answer this. I answer this if I was in your shoes. If I was a buyer right now, if I needed a house for myself, my next house, my first house, what have you. Um you came to me and said this, this is the position you're in. Here's what I'd say. I would say, let me set up a saved search for you. Tell me the criteria you're looking for, the geographical boundaries, the price range, the rooms, bedrooms, bathrooms, what have you, what you're looking for. I can put all that into my system and I can show you uh, what's available. And, And then it'll also in the future, if something comes up tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, as soon as that house comes on the market that fits your criteria, it'll be emailed to you. Um, that costs you nothing. It doesn't cost me much time. I certainly don't mind doing it. And it's all automatic. So like I said, it'll be emailed to you as soon as it gets on the market. So you would, what it would look like is you get an email and say, hey, there's some new houses that match your criteria. You click on a link. You get to click through the pictures of that property. And... The worst that can happen in that scenario is that nothing comes up that interests you. And that's it. That's the worst thing that can happen. Now, the best thing that can happen is a property that you're really interested in can come across. And you could say, that's interesting. Now, again, in this scenario, we're still in the middle of the quarantine. There's a lot of uncertainty, what have you. Um, but you get this house and you say, that's, I'm interested in that. Right now, like I said, I can technically show homes um, under the right precautions. I will do that. We will, again, we'll make sure we looked at all the pictures. I would encourage you to do a Google Street View to look at the neighborhood. And then a lot of times we can do like a virtual tour. Maybe the, the a lot of times right now, the listing agents have gone through that house with their cameras or even hired a service to do a virtual tour. You can practically walk through it. And so I would say, hey, do those things. Do that Google uh, Google Street View, do the virtual tour. If you're still interested, then I say, okay, then let's, let's take our precautions. Let's get our masks on. Let's not bring the entire family. Let's bring the decision makers. Um, let's make sure that the, the selling, uh, the people who are selling the home are not in the home. When we go there, we're going to wash our hands, bring the disinfectant, but we're going to show the home. All right. You, you do all that. If you say, again, if you say, um, yeah, actually in person, I didn't like it as much. All right. No harm done. No big deal. Um, but maybe say, yeah, I, this is perfect for me. This is what I want. And the price is right. You talk to your lender and you, they say, yep, the, you know, you're good. You're pre-qualified for this home. That sounds good. Um, and here's the caveat to all this. Um, if your job is stable, you're, you're very, you're reasonably confident that you're going to keep your job, your income's going to stay the same and all of those other things fall into place. If it's me, I would, I would, uh, feel comfortable purchasing that home. All right. You're, uh, you know, for most of us, we're not actively 
investing in the stock market. Maybe we're, we're doing like a 401k or a Roth or whatever, and but that's just for retirement. You know, in the day-to-day and even in the year-to-year stuff doesn't really matter that much to us. Um, we are, are spending money or what have you. We put that in a bank account, a savings account, uh, what have you. And so what the market does doesn't really matter that much to us in the long run. Um, then we're still having a steady income. I would, I would buy that house in that scenario. And again, if at any time it doesn't work out, well, there's no harm done, right? And, and you could even get a really good deal, I think, in this market because, like I said, there are going to be some motivated sellers out there. there are going to be, there's going to be less competition because there are people who have lost jobs in this economy. Uh, so that's kind of where I am right now with that. If you're not secure in your job, if you think, if you suspect tomorrow, next week, next month, you might get laid off, I, I would say this is the time to wait. Um, I do not want you to get locked into a mortgage, uh, when your income is that uncertain right now, I would feel bad about that for you. So, uh, it's all about using wisdom, uh, being smart about these decisions, but I see no reason for at least for buyers to, to look right now. It doesn't hurt to look, see what's out there, see if the, the perfect home might, uh, come across your laptop and uh, go on from there. So I hope that that's been helpful for you. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me, shane at centralmetro.com. You can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash yourtxrealtor. And thanks for listening. All right, bye.